You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon here with my partners, Timothy and Joe. Yes, we're going to recap the entire year of 2017 and um, talk about the films that we really liked. Talk about the year in film in general. Yes, really exciting. Uh, it's happening at the beginning of the year, but this has been a bonus for us because we've gotten to see a lot of movies besides. Yeah. Timothy yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Timothy has a to see a lot of things but it's been an advantage to do this now yeah. afterwards yeah. we've got to cram in a bunch of stuff so yeah. be ready for a very exciting episode uh, let's now first start by talking about uh, yeah, the way we saw the year in film like how things went in the year in film, the way Hollywood did in film in 2017, uh, generally. The money battle was won by Beauty and the Beast with 1.2 billion, followed by Fate of the Furious, followed by Star Wars The Last Jedi, Despicable Me came in fourth, Spider-Man Homecoming comes in fifth, Wolf Warrior 2, a Chinese, Chinese film, comes in at number six. Guardians of the Galaxy oh Volume 2 God. comes in at number 7. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok comes in at number 8. Wonder Woman comes in at number 9. Then Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales comes in at number 10. China is on that helped this movie. Yeah, China uh, yeah. Shitload. Anyway, that's our record. So what does that mean? Superhero movies are still winning. Yes. Because we have one, two three four just four movies how many of those did you watch in the cinema this all in all the cinema this, the i 10. saw fate of the furious last jedi homecoming guardians of the galaxy volume 2 thor ragnarok wonder woman and pirates i give them my money i have, one, I have, one, I have only wonder woman on <laughs> joel you give i give beauty them. and this money except fate of, no i cannot pay for fast and the furious didn't you give this people with me your money? No, I did not. I am not a fan of minions. I want them to die. That's a dark man. Yeah, I'm the one enabling this shit also. Anyway, um, superhero movies are still a thing, and I think they'll still be a thing next year. The, and the thing about these movies also is that they had some of the highest ratings too. Like mm. the, if you look at the highest ratings of, of Rotten Tomatoes, sorry, I don't have the stats with me. The superhero movies are there. There's so many of uh, them. Wonder Woman yeah. had in like '90s, even Logan, yeah. even um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Logan, definitely, Logan had, yeah, but they're also even okay. being highly rated like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still winning in all ways possible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, moving on to <coughs> our general engagement with film as human beings who have a podcast um our journey through it and through the podcast we should mirror through the, the podcast um i think this year we got to engage a lot more with african film which yeah. has been very interesting very eye-opening very disappointing also in the same faith yeah. in terms of <laughs> in terms of especially local film ugandan film because we went for the festival, me and Tim, yeah. which is the, the Uganda Film Festival, UCC Uganda Film Festival. And sadly, there's nothing we can pick up from there that could possibly <laughs> be the highlight of our year. Yeah, okay. So well, let's talk about this now and hope that this will be a statement that doesn't, will, we will be yeah, able to, to, yeah, yeah, like we can crush that down. Mm -hmm. Joel went for a ton of festivals. Yeah. Talk about that. 
I went for the Sparkle and the Zanzibar International Film Festival. You saw good yeah. movie? Movie. Some really, really good movies and some really, really bad movies. Which is a good place to be <laughs> overall. But yeah. yeah, and in terms of that, there's a ton of movies that are on the radar. Mm-hmm. But we haven't yet gotten to see, and yes. I'm declaring this now. They count for 2018. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> 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 they count for 2018. Yes. Briefly, there's Felicite. There's Wulu. Mm-hmm. There's Wale. Wulu. Yeah, Wulu is the Scarface, the African okay. Scarface. Okay. Yeah, it's really awesome. Wale is on my list, so don't count it. <laughs> the Wound. Yeah. I am not a witch, although it's a UK production. Yeah. Uh, the western, what's the western called? Five Fingers, Five fingers from Marseille. I don't know what kind of missing. Yeah, Katikati also counts. Will it Katikati count for next counts year? for 2018. Okay, then I'm taking it's it off sure. my Instagram. For us it will count. It because has released it, it was <laughs> outside country. It's going yeah. to be released here <laughs> in 2018. Yeah. So, so it counts. Count it. Oh, but be excited. When we see this stuff, we're going to do episodes on it and yeah. tell you where it's screening if when it's screening publicly engage with african film guys it's really really good yeah. felicity i've never been so excited <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bit too excited yeah, it's going to be like, like that marvel shit like, <laughs> it's going to be like some black panther stuff you know people are too hyped yeah yeah, yeah. like <laughs> even when you don't like it you force yourself and to say language. i have liked it no matter what you've got your african print shirt already yeah it's going to be it's that kind of hype that i have for it so i'm worried also so now we begin our list our top five movies our five favorite movies the movies we think were the best of the year to us yeah that we were able to see yes like yes. tomorrow exactly. i could watch <laughs> something and it would be <laughs> my favorite of the year so it could yeah. change from the 9th of january yeah at the on the date of the 9th january at 6 50 these were our favorite <laughs> movies of 2017 exactly. yeah. yes don't hold it against us. So I'm going to start with my number five. Oh, nice segue because it's an African film. Okay, and cool. it's just one. I cheat somewhere else. But <laughs> on my number five, on my number five, I have Wale by a movie directed by Bunny Goldblatt. It's a Burkina Faso film. And we talked about it at length on episode 38 of, of our podcast. So we'll go back and, and listen to that conversation which we had about it because it's really in full. But the film, in short, is about a young boy who's coming from France and is sent to Pina Faso by his uncle because he has, he's misbehaving and he wants him to behave. So we, he goes through this whole uh, finding his identity in, mm-hmm. in Pina Faso because he's actually feeling strange there. It's not his home. It's different from France. Everything is so different. Yeah. But the movie is really sweet. It's very, it's very um, what's that word? You know, when something is calm, like it's grounded, grounded. It's a very okay. grounded movie. <laughs> and that's very shocking for um, uh, an African film, especially dealing with themes like circumcision mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a complicated relationship with his uncle mm-hmm. and just interacting with different, different people. Yeah. It's a very, very grounded film. But it's a significant movie for me because I got to even talk to the director and I got to understand where the, the film came from yeah. and w- how his process works and what he thinks about movies in general. And it was very nice for me. I got to write about the film a lot. So it's a significant film for me in 2017. So it's my number five favorite awesome. film. I enjoyed it. So I'm happy 
about that. Yeah. That's my number five. Julie, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. But I've seen it in French. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it in English, but as we in French, I still understood everything that was happening. Uh, yeah, it's one of the, it was one of the best films that I saw at uh, Fespaco. Because, yeah, I think, I think he told you at some point how, like, the crew and cast was, like, all African. I like, yes. I love that about yes, the yes. project. Yeah, that was, was a really good movie. I love the kid, especially. Really, really good he's, actor. He's good. Yeah. Did you see Wale? No, I haven't seen Wale. Okay. Cool. So, you go to my number, number five. five. Number five. Wait, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. He's surprising us. Mm-hmm. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's more pressure. So, my number five is Detroit. Ding, 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 ding. I knew. Uh-huh. I knew that Errol was coming. <laughs> Detroit is a fucking amazing movie. It's directed by Catherine Bigelow, um, who, who is known for doing Hot Locker, which I had mixed feelings about. But for me, oh, any sort of misgivings I had about Hot Locker, it's like she did much better in Detroit, and I thought it was a fucking amazing movie. Detroit is a fact-based drama. It's like set in 1967, uh, where the city of Detroit basically turns into like a fucking war zone. Like people, the blacks are like rioting in the mm. streets. They bring in like the military, state troopers. Like shit keeps escalating, and the story zeroes in on this motel where a shit ton of crazy police brutality happened. And the way this movie is executed and shot, I thought was just amazing because she opens up with this really large scale of like all this shit is happening. Then she just zeroes in on like this one building, and it's the most intense. Thing I think that I've ever sat through. <laughs> the cast was fucking amazing. John Boyega was okay. Yeah. Um, but Will, Will Poulter was the star of the show. <laughs> Will Poulter was that kid with the I face. Yeah, the the face. yeah, that kid is a fucking <laughs> crazy person. <laughs> he was terrifying. <laughs> He really, really, really scared me. That's, like that's the racist way to get you seen your nightmares. <laughs> yeah, and he was like that. He was that racist white guy that's like super smart, super calculating, and does not give a fuck. He's just like sniping people <laughs> left yeah. and right, planting evidence. That shit was scary. Anyway, uh, yeah, I can't recommend this movie enough. Um, if it wasn't for the other movies on my list, it would be my number one. <laughs> I really loved it that much. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow did good. So Sharon, tell me what you thought. No, let me go. 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 It's not there actually. Even you see, I crossed it right here. You see? Oh, Bambi. Like, well, the thing is, uh, I really like this movie too. Like, like as Joe said, the reason why I think it's a bit different is because it gives you like more of a heightened sense of that situation. Because most of the movies I've seen involving like police brutality, probably like slow burn, like say. What's the Spike Lee movie? Do the right thing. Yeah, do the right thing. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, kind of racial injustice tension. movies, tension movies. Usually have that slow burn effect, which usually culminates in just like some big event, either shooting or a riot at the end. But this one actually begins with the riot and just, as you said, zero is into this, this this motel, the Algiers motel. Yeah. And it just lets the events unfold in front of your eyes and you're just seeing what it's like to be dehumanized <laughs> yeah at the hands of say a racist policeman in america yeah. sharon yeah so i was the one rolling my eyes in the beginning i really 
don't I don't like this movie. You brought up do the right thing and I think <clears throat> things that do the right thing do mm. is they even give you an understanding of why the black people are even enraged in the first place. The story mm. even gives yeah, more time to that villain guy. It spends more time trying to bring more character out of him than exactly. the black people. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really comfortable with what that move, how that movie was treating that whole thing. Because mm. what was the message about the, the white guy at the end of the day? What was his up? What did you the get message, out of The message was that everybody is scared of everybody, literally. <laughs> That's why people are racist. The movie even gives you more of his psyche than it tries to no, give you no, more it gave of John Boyega's parts. psyche. No, John Boyega was not anyone no. who else is there. The it other characters were what was important. With the, with, no, I those things were feel, really no, bothering I, me. I feel, I feel the two main actors were mm. the singer, the guy, the, the guy yeah, was in the dramatics, and the white guy, Will Poulter's character. Yeah. Those were the two main characters. And again, by because you are saying like it doesn't show like uh, make you understand the black characters, but I think by showing it from the white guys, actually showing their brutality in full. In full it view. It actually makes you understand more. Even the white the guys that like wanted to do good, but then when it came down to it, didn't stand up for black people. Yeah. Which like amongst their friends, but then in hiding later, like 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 I liked the dynamics of that because that's actually how complicated the issue is. is. The way the movie presented its politics, I just didn't think. Was I think I think the movie pretty much. Right. It didn't work for me. It didn't. Give, I didn't feel the message which it was. I, I didn't feel the so message. Hard. And this is what these movies do the for court. you, right? Mm-hmm. They give you some sort of message. Yeah. Even though they're politics, you don't feel like... If they're trying to make me feel like... No. But I didn't feel that message. Tim, go to your no, number five. My number five. <laughs> okay, I knocked off Detroit because of this. It's called Whose Streets. Have you watched the show? Hey, I give it to you, the documentary. Yeah, the documentary. I haven't yet seen it. Yeah, it's also a documentary basically about... Uh, this brutality in the US though for it was a bit more contemporary that's why I chose to go with it as my number five so uh, whose streets was directed by uh, she's Egyptian American though I think she's more American mm-hmm. she's called Saba for Lion and she created this documentary with a person from St. Louis Missouri where these Ferguson riots happened so basically this documentary is just documenting uh, the killing of Michael Brown mm-hmm. at the hands of a police officer called Darren Wilson and then showing the ensuing ruckus that goes with that, because there's a very like I think 2014 was the year of the Ferguson uprising. Mm-hmm. There was serious looting and all that. So, in reading about this movie, I read that initially the director, uh, the chick Saba Folayan, had gone there to like document for print for some print print media house. Mm-hmm. But then she realized that when they were seeing what's on news, and even they highlight that in the documentary, that what they were seeing on the news was more of like people are looting their destroying property, all that kind of thing and they weren't really showing what's happening on ground so now her and this guy called Damon Lewis decide to make this documentary so they basically got footage from people's cameras, people's phones and basically edited that together along with some interviews of the key players in that whole hands up protest and Black Lives Matter basically So, and they also <coughs> edit, one of the best things about this was the, on the footage that they got Mm. of the actual uprising because the deployment was heavy like it, i'm sure you've seen in uganda when they deploy police in uganda and this tear gas i'm sure you didn't see that in the news when it was about Ferguson, because <laughs> that's what it was it was yeah. an actual war zone they had to bring in the national guard and all that and, and none of that was put on tv oh. you haven't you haven't seen it though i haven't yet i gave it to you I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> and 
yeah, no joke. But you should see it. It's actually the movie which knocked off. I was like, let me do this one because I know it's a bit more of a contemporary story. It's been, it's been there. Like mm. I've never felt in a mood for it because I know what it's about. But I've never yet been in a mood for it, but I'll check it out. Yeah, you check it out. Oh, shit. We're moving to my number four. Oh, yeah. I'm going to murder it because I didn't like your fucking it's number five. It. It's murder <laughs> anyway. it. So my number four is Beach Rats. Uh, Beach Rats is a coming of age-ish movie by a, a director called Eliza Hitman. After watching this movie, I watched her other, um, other movies called It's A Lot Like Love. It's A Lot mm. Like Love, something like that. And these movies are very, very similar, the two of them. Mm. She, they, they're all about characters having extreme sexual confusion sexual confusion and just trying to navigate their way through it and they find them so interesting so interesting and the thing i really like which is a lot no it's in just two of the movies in my list mm. is i'm a big fan of naturalistic cinema things that are just very where they try to achieve a lot of naturalism and just put over naturally nothing over dramatic you know nothing no no heavy score just natural shit okay so I really like Beach Rats because the character in this, if the movie is about a, a young boy who's like on the beach, he has his <laughs> friends who are all macho, mm-hmm. and um, he has this sort of different li- life in the day and a different life in the nighttime. Because in the daytime he's just hanging out being stupid with his friends on the beach, at night he goes on the internet and finds guys online and has sex with them. So he's in this, he's, he's gay, but he's not really closeted and he's not really out either. Is it, is it Brooklyn because Boys? He knows it something yeah, like Brooklyn that. Brooklyn <laughs> There was a thing the character would keep saying that really, really, I really liked it. I, th- I felt like it was speaking a lot about the film. <coughs> about his confusion. He was mm-hmm. so confused. He keeps saying, I don't know what I want. You guys, I love this movie. Okay. I debated on removing it. You watched a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff. I debated, but I love this movie more than Lady But I really, really wow, like this okay. movie. So he was always like, I'm, I don't know what I want. and mm. But he kind of does know because he even particularly says, I like older guys because of such and such and such. Because they don't know because anyone. Because they he don't knows. know anyone he knows, so he won't meet them. And then it happens that these two worlds, inter- they begin to intertwine. And this character just goes through the utter so much confusion and the movie actually ends with him still in confusion i fucking like that movie so much i really liked it these boys are going to murder you <laughs> <laughs> i really liked it and i also need to point out that it's oh shit i didn't write her name the, um the, the 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 dp is mm. a very famous dp she's <laughs> a famous Lovat, yeah. yes she's helen lover she's a french dp she has worked with fresh new wave directors and shit and, and it cool. shows I'm, I'm i hope you boys are at least Appreciated the photography yeah, was in the nice. film. It was, it was so nice. nice. Yeah. It would concentrate on different that. body parts, and I really, really dug that. It would really give the sense of these beach rats on the yeah. beach. I love the way she shot oh, that boardwalk. My God, really the movie is shot beautifully. I dug this movie. Okay. <laughs> Let me go. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a bit cliche, like it hit basically all the marks that you know probably an LGBT movie would hit. Yeah, the dysfunctional family, and then his closeted nature, then his hypermasculine friends, and all that, but I won't take away from it and say it's like a bad movie. I yeah. just, I just think it's pretty the middle. It's, I wouldn't say that there are a lot of things that I've seen that were incredibly different yeah. from other, probably mm. uh, 
uh, portrayals of such stories? I think I've sort of narrowed down on why I might not like this movie. Because with Linklater, his characters also just sort of coast through. They're confused at the beginning and they're confused at the end. They don't really learn anything, just life is life. Who gives a fuck? And the movie ends. But usually I think what gets those movies, gets me through those movies, the gimmick is like the dialogue is really interesting, the characters really super cool to like listen to and stuff. Uh, Here I didn't really have any, yeah, anything to really latch on to in that sense. This has even made more sense and I mm. think it's why you may not have liked my number one movie when we get to it. <laughs> okay. But in the bet- in between of these characters being confused and then still at the end not being confused. In the middle you like the dialogue which is much more interesting. Now I like it when it's extremely subtle and it's okay. almost fly on the wall type stuff where it's just someone oozing through life in a calm manner with nothing that fantastic going on. I really like that. Okay. I ease into movies like that easily. The only person who does it close to 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 Linklater mm. is Noah Baumbach. His character's dialogue is a lot more interesting. Yet yeah. they're also going through such curves. Okay, who's next? But did you say um, Links? Did you say Baumbach has better <coughs> dialogue than Linklater? I didn't say better. I said it's similar. <laughs> no, Bobby, you guys don't. Let's not go. There. I said I said it's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> Who comes close. Don't, don't kill me, Jesus! <laughs> she checked her works okay. very carefully. Okay, Joel, you're next. Yeah. Well, this list was hard to make, by the way. Okay. Sharon just kept like fucking me up. What else? <laughs> What's next? Yeah. So my number four is Okja. This is interesting. Yes. I'm a sucker for like a boy and it's and had and his Why dog stories. Surprised? Why are you surprised? Do you know I wasn't sure about what she was reacting to? So was I. <laughs> so Okja is directed by Bong Joon-ho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who has done... He's done Snowpiercer. He's also done two other movies that I haven't yet watched. There's one called Mother, which I've had like a lot yeah. about. Uh-huh. Mother is amazing. I really want to see Memoirs and, and Memories of Murder. I really want to see those two. Yeah, so this is a story about like a young girl basically risks everything to save her pet pig. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Mm. Big corporation wants mm. to like chop it up chop into it little up. pieces <laughs> and eat it. So it was a horrible thing. I was like a kid again immediately. Yeah. And I love uh, how, how we would keep. No, we can't call him Bong. Jun Ho. We can't call him Jun Ho. <laughs> Just <laughs> Bong Jun Ho. Bong Jun Ho. These full names whole time. Yeah, okay, I love the way Bong Jun Ho, like, uh, like, his, like his style of directing. I don't know if he has done a movie like this before. Because it was almost Tim Burton-esque the way that it starts. Because you have Tilda Swinton, by the way, was just having a blast Blast. in her role. I loved watching her. Yeah, starts with just an amazing scene. She's presenting this whole thing about like all these super pigs. Then it goes like super serene, calm in like South Korea. This kid and her grandpa and she's raised this pig her whole life. And I think we spent like a good 20 minutes or so on just her and the the pig. Which is beautiful. Enough time for you to fall in love and then they take it away. <laughs> and I loved how fucking, like, how the fairy determination of this girl, like, in terms of the lengths she went to, like, she wanted to fucking run to the capital city at some point, which she kind of does eventually. But I loved, um, because I'm never, uh, it's always tricky when you're, you're pitting a kid up against, like, adults, especially of that level. 
like adults in an action room like ah oh, we just walk in yeah. and kick ass but he's like a kid this kid is like running into glass doors and shattering them <laughs> she's like jumping off fucking on fucking trucks those action sequences yeah it was so intense and then there was that that, that group the animal rights group was so hilarious yeah. oh animal wow. liberation yeah the animal liberation <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the actor that plays the leader, but he was Paul amazing. Paul Dino. Dino. Yeah, he's amazing. And I was happy to see. Uh, I was happy to see. Uh, what is it, Stephen? Steve, yeah, Stephen Steve Ewan. Ewan. Yes, from Walking Dead. I was happy to see him there. That was perfect. They cast him in a South Korea sort of America sort of crossover thing. And I really hated Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. Mm. Jake Gyllenhaal was awesome. awesome. I like seeing him do crazy stuff. I, know. I liked him in this role. He was very amazing. He was role, just, he was, just he, he was pretty much going full on Johnny yeah. Depp, just doing whatever the fuck. When I was debating on what to take off, what to not, I remembered I was not on the ride with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. <laughs> it is one of those things you're either in it or you're, yeah, not. you're not. I yeah. was not. Like, Body I wanted to <laughs> get it. I failed. I'm always happy to see those big actors just having fun in a role, just like being comfortable and doing whatever. It's fun. He was having fun and I had fun. <laughs> okay, okay. My number four is by another no. Korean, Korean American guy, Kogonada. <coughs> the movie is Columbus. 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 Oh my god. That's why I was asking you about you saying no bomba has better dialogue than don't tell you that Timothy this is the movie you direct I swear, I swear. if you watch that movie I love I, love, I even like, was laughing like this movie you can I don't know I, I think because he has a background as a video essayist yeah. yeah and you can clearly tell he has studied people's stuff like because I was reading on the internet like he has done video essays on Wes Anderson Stanley Kubrick yes. Ozu yeah. Bresson those kinds of guys yeah so just watching the movie and let me first go let me first go back a bit uh this movie uh, is, I feel, it's very close to Linklater's movies. Uh, the basically the Before trilogy, the whole mm. thing of two people who just mm. find themselves and actually okay. make a connection yeah, and just talk and talk and discover things about each other. Yeah, and nice. the main characters is John Cho. You know him probably. I think his most famous yeah, yeah, movies yeah. might be those Harold and Kumar movies. Mm. Those might be his biggest <laughs> flicks. He's <laughs> also yeah. in Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cap- Sulu, is it? Sulu, yeah, yeah. Sulu. Sulu, yeah. So, yeah. John Cho, then there's another, there's a younger lady, Hayley Lou Richardson, who I've seen in indie flicks, but she's always been having supporting roles. She's actually she really good in, in this. She was in the age of 17, which I like. Yeah, as a friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the story follows... Uh, an older Korean-American guy called Jin mm-hmm. who is in this town of Columbus, Ohio. They have gone. He has go- his father is in a coma. So he's basically stuck in the town. He has nothing to do. So yeah. he sees and he meets doctor meeting over a cigarette, right? Mm. He meets other chick who is like a tour guide and she's mm. like a Columbus native and she knows so much about the architecture of Columbus. That's basically what she goes around showing people. Okay. And they basically strike like this friendship and mm. the girl also actually also admires this guy's dad who is already in the coma. Yeah, and they kind of hit it off and they keep meeting and having these small conversations about architecture, their <coughs> lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about the director himself as Sharon was saying. Uh, the way I could tell from the very first frame how symmetrical everything the first is. Shot shot of the movie. Just the way no. everything is composed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything is staged, <laughs> the way the colors, 
Like I'm like this guy is just Jesus. It Christ. is it was too meticulous. Yeah. Like it's, you can't miss it. You know, there's when you see stuff afterwards and you're like, oh, I didn't know someone was trying to do this with color, okay. but this you was so calls attention. Yeah, probably so. you might say it's on the nose, but it's actually it actually works for like even the city itself, like Columbus with all this great architecture and they're trying to show like this small town, everything is in yeah. place. So definitely Columbus. Yeah, was my number four. Sounds fantastic. I love that, that man's. Movie. Shots are so calculated. Exactly. He yeah. frames Something. things in a picture with the architecture. Yeah. Um. So now, my, now on to my okay. My number three. My number three is a tie between two movies, which I'm going to classify as both horrors, although it's debatable to call them horrors. And one is Get Out by Jordan Peele. The other is Raw by uh, uh, Julia Ducournau, something like that. She's a French film director. So, Get Out is Get Out. I swear, I don't think I'm talking. <laughs> I don't think anyone has not heard about Get Out or probably watched Get Out. But Get Out is Get Out, and Get Out is one of the best movies of the year. Few things can be said about Get Out more than we said in episode 35 of Cinema Red Pill. <laughs> if you want a lot more in-depth discussion, please go back to that episode. We talk about um, we dissect Get Out, and then we talk about Split also by Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Very good, good films, but I really love Get Out. It's a clever film. Oh, it's a clever film. I don't even want to talk much about it because we've talked so much. There's so yeah. little praise that can be said anymore about Get Out. So I'll talk a bit more about Raw. Mm-hmm. Raw is a coming-of-age drama which is about a, a female girl, a, 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 a girl who goes to college to a vegetarian vegetarian veterinarian school she's a vegetarian herself her whole family is vegetarian and she gets into the school where her sister actually is also Mm -hmm. so when she's in this school they have this whole tradition where the the first the student has to eat like rabbit rabbit what was it like rabbit rabbit kidney rabbit kidney and once she eats the rabbit kidney she gets a taste for human meat so she becomes a cannibal. <laughs> You're like, <"Shut." laughs> she gets a taste for meat. <laughs> Say it cryptically. Okay. She first gets a taste for no more meat. <laughs> then she gets a taste for human meat. But anyway, she, 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 it's, it's this whole story of, 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 of getting into cannibalism, which is intertwined with a coming, coming of age story because it's also a, a, a huge drop of sexual oh, yeah. exploration yes. and awakening of some sorts. Mm-hmm. I really dug this movie because of how it would shock me. It would it, it would keep shocking me. I like how it used a lot of body horror because there's many scenes where she has like a skin disease and then well, she, scabs, she, oh, she has the scabs and then of course there's the eating of the skin yeah, yeah, and then there's actually the okay. most disgusting scenes which is with hair. It has something to do with oh, hair. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> say what they do with the hair but there's a scene with hair. That body horror was really, really fascinating to me, but just the mix of the two things. I could not believe I was watching a movie about cannibalism mm-hmm. <laughs> that was also mixing it with sexual awakening. You guys, I love the dynamic with her sister and her family. Mm-hmm. I liked what they had even with her roommate, who was a contrast of who she was sexually, mm-hmm. and he, he just didn't give a fuck. He was so different from her, and then he's a gay guy, but then this have sex <laughs> and it makes sense you know <laughs> this movie is weird 
I must warn most Joel, are you guys are the first to be okay with it. Okay. I think we are weird together because <laughs> other people were not amused by my jokes. <laughs> 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 so, you just about the movie. They, d- they really didn't like the movie at all. Nick did not like it. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, he texted me, oh, your movie, it even disturbed me for, like, he really hated it. <laughs> he really, really that's hated a good it. movie. <laughs> yeah. The movie actually he really you. hated it. He's like, that was too much for me. My sister was annoyed with me even she's like she first, <laughs> gave, she even first <laughs> gave a break for the movie that I give her so if this sounds like something you would you would engage with please go for it if it sounds too weird yeah don't <laughs> don't because it's weird as fuck i was watching and i was just like my god yeah Sbib's brain is dark <laughs> i really really wanted to put it on the list but it couldn't couldn't make yeah, it yeah yeah but i knew you'd put it on so <laughs> we'll get to talk about it but yeah this is the most sexy cannibal movie i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, yeah, yeah because yeah it's just it's just oozy like sex is like literally in every fucking scene uh. and especially love like those underground nightclub scenes where like like the most fucked up shit for me happens in that <laughs> nightclub a lot of really fucked up Ah, like just random shots of people doing oh some really nasty God. shit that we just sort of brush over and continue, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" It's one of the. I think this is the only film this year which I've clapped for mm. hey. in the middle and the end. I love it that much because <laughs> it was just beautifully executed, like it's just so on the symbolic level and just the primal level. Mm. Whereas just in everything, everything was executed perfectly. I love this movie. It would be it's amazing. I even want to make it my number one. <laughs> <laughs> You're so amazing. So yeah. it's you next. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My number three is Logan. How far? How far <laughs> does falling? Poor Logan. Yes, my dear was the only one who was going to put it on any list now. So Logan is the third entry into the Wolverine trilogy. And it's James Mangold's second uh, Wolverine film. I looked into his other films. That don't really, not not what really. What the line is nice. I'll try and watch it again. But say this is the first one of his then that I've watched and like really stuck through the Wolverine. I watched because I had to, mm. but it had its issues. But this, I feel like he finally peaked and made something that was like super content. Uh, what uh, super artfully done mm. and like. Yeah, really good. Elevated the superhero genre, I think, to something new. And basically, this story is set in a post-apocalypse. Logan is taking care of uh, Professor X. New mutant pops up, pops up, and then they sort of get back into the game to save her. It's a western, which it already won me over with mm. that. And yeah, it's, it's de- Wolverine is dealing with age. He's dealing with uh, loss. There's like all this big theme of family. You have Daphne Keane, who's like a big fucking standout in the film. <laughs> Who I want, I wanted to be nominated for something somewhere, but doesn't quite look like that's happening. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, everyone's fucking great in this movie. I didn't expect this movie to be as good as it was, and almost felt too good for the genre that it yeah. was in, and the films that were behind it. But I'm glad he wrapped it up in a way that no one could fuck with <laughs> what he had created in that world. And yeah, it was a fucking amazing movie. 
I think yeah. You, I don't know episode whatever the fuck. If you want more, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did, only yeah. for myself. Yeah, we did a Logan episode. <laughs> we did a Logan though. episode. Just scroll Look up. through. We talk about that length. <laughs> yes, at full length. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's it. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Is it still on your list? No, I re- actually removed Logan from my list because <laughs> yeah. I knew Joe would do it exactly. justice. <laughs> but if I wasn't a bit pretentious, I would actually be number one because I think it's probably one of the best like superhero movies like on any level. Like when you talk about Dark Knight, I think Logan is way up there. It's definitely a top five movie. Yeah, yeah. This year, yeah. irrespective of Oscars, well, I think it's, yeah. it should be top five. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so I go next. Yeah, it's you yeah. next. Um, my third is Okja, which Joel has already mentioned. He has already mentioned everything good about it, I think. The only thing I maybe read was one of the writers, was it Bong Joon-ho alone? He wrote yeah. it with some other... He's a journalist, actually. He writes, he makes movies. He he has written two movies. The Men Who Stay at Gods, I think that was written by George Clooney, starring George Clooney, then Frank. Oh my God, I like he Frank. He wrote Frank also. So, John Ronson... <coughs> I think the most interesting thing for me in this movie was how the idea seemed so good on paper, like how she was trying to say that we shall cure human hunger, all that stuff, uh, food security basically. Exactly. But then you don't know what's happening in the. You, you don't know if your food security is actually affecting some other kind of species yeah. or something. The thing is that yeah. objectively, objectively then it's yeah. still good on paper. Yes, on paper, yeah. It makes sense, like, on that logical. Yeah. A more colorful way, I would say, with the performances of Jack Gyllenhaal, as you pointed out. Tilda Swinton, yeah, she doesn't like Jack Jill. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I, it was one of those movies that I really loved this year. I yeah. enjoyed them. Paul Dano, amazing. Yeah, all the other characters. So we're on to number two. two. Yeah, my number two is The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. <laughs> the Shape of Water. The Shape of Water, which I watched last night. You guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro, one of the three amigos. You guys, this movie is a fairy tale (laughs) that we deserve. Oh my god. So Shape of Water is about a mute girl who is working for like a corporation, a government corporation. She's the cleaning lady and and that corporation is, is headed by Michael Shannon. So Michael Shannon brings in the fish man. No. <laughs> the amphibian man. He brings him in and then be- she forms a bond with him. This movie sets up things so Timothy, you I'm better like tonight, this movie. Tonight, you better tonight, like it. I need a fellow person <laughs> to geek out on this shit on. Because that movie is fantastic. That mm-hmm. fishman is beautiful. You people, I just want to keep looking <laughs> at that fishman. You could, and there, there's definitely CGI in that man, but you could not see the CGI, you guys. That amphibian man is amazing to look at. And then they form a bond with, with, with the mute lady, so the two main characters of the movie do not speak, you guys. Yes. And it is magical. Yeah. So some oh person would like God. the Bojack underwater episode. <laughs> Let me just say that. Let out there. <laughs> Screw you, Joe. <laughs> Screw you, Joe. You know how in King Kong, in King Kong, they insinuate things. Yeah, this yeah. movie goes there. You have an idea. You know, I was it like, goes what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it is the best. It is a great adult fantasy movie. You know, it's like getting Sleeping Beauty and making it for grown-ups. You guys. Game of Del Toro. What's this movie's rating, by the way? 
Because I've never known Del Toro to do like really adult content. Like his stuff is a bit. It has to be an R. It has to be. It really goes places. Inside of five minutes, it's a hard R. That thing killed me. Inside of five minutes, there's like ferocious masturbation. What was hilarious for me is that I was just thinking about it. It was ferocious. Like the chick is going hard at that shit. Every day, every morning before she goes to (laughs) morning. And then there were certain things that were actually, I hope I can notice them so much more on second watching because even my number one movie, I barely noticed those things, but on second watching, they were blatant in my face. But there were some shots that were amazing, especially they had this thing they were doing moving from one story of a building to the bottom of the building yeah yeah Whoa. wasn't that magical that's true yeah it's just in the background <laughs> and this scene has a jake this movie has a jake gyllenhaal it has a thing it does mm. that you're either in it oh, yeah. or you're mm-hmm. not <laughs> you know what i'm talking yeah. about and i was in it <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys please like this movie i can't wait to see Joel, what did you think of the movie I really like this movie. You, I don't know what you feel. You're at another level. But I really, actually, really loved the movie. Not as much as you, but I really loved the movie. Man. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Beyond Man was okay to me. What I loved, <laughs> what I loved more personally was just visually the world that Guillermo did, uh, created. I even, I just like the you know, first scene with like the floating furniture. Mm-hmm. They're just opening shot. Oh, that was nice. I was really in love. Just the track through the corridor and everything. The way he directs everything, the sets. I like the black and white TVs. It had a very old world feel to it. And I know it's like set in the 60s. Mm. I fucking love that era. And yeah, luckily I, I went into this without knowing who, who was casting it or whatever. So I was so happy when Michael Shannon showed up oh, as the villain. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've missed him so much. I've been a fan of his since like Boardwalk Empire. Mm. It's like he's, he sort of entered movies and sort of went downhill. So I'm so happy to see him doing his thing. I dug the mute character. Oh, she is That's great. Yes. So anyways, yeah, it's a brilliant fucking movie. Everybody should see it. Okay. Yeah, cool. This is dope. Who's next? Joel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my number two shocked me. Hmm. So call me by your name. <laughs> Who knew that I would not be the only one with a little gay romance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like done right. For once. Yeah, for, yeah, for once. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, this was done by Luca what? Good. Uh, what? Guadan- something. Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. He's an Italian. Yeah, Italian. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Luca. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this movie was actually done. This is a summer love movie. Mm. Probably the best I've ever seen in my life. Mm. It's like set in like... Yeah, it's like... explain So that's how you know. <laughs> that's how much you know you surprised me. <laughs> First of all, it's set in Italy. That was a big win for me already. Super in love with that environment. Perfect setting for romance to happen. And you have this kid, what's his name? Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah, he's fucking great in the movie. Ami Hama makes it back. Ami Hama was actually my favorite part of the movie. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I really, really liked him. Because here, he's, he's pretty much the object of desire in this mm. movie. Mm-hmm. And they build him up so well. His intelligence is super good looking. 
everything is there and i love because i don't want to get into too too much detail don't you actually watch a movie but i love its presentation of like love and sexuality it has a very interesting perspective on it Mm. why it doesn't quite label it is what i like it doesn't label it as like oh you're either like gay or you're either this or that it was more like it was more like open-ended like you just meet this person Mm. and you click whatever gender they are and like this super intense thing can happen and it happens (laughs) yeah so i really liked how they took on that and again it was a coming of age story which i'm super into And I really, really love the pacing of everything, the way they build up the romance. I like how quiet and serene it is. The music is on point everywhere, the music and the silence. This is, uh, but like after, when I first watched it, I wasn't sure about it. Oh, really? But it's like a movie, like the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Like two days later, I really, really loved it. Just the more I thought about how it was structured and everything was like built up towards the end and the way it ended. Everything just clicked and made sense. I was like, this is actually a really well-written movie. Wowza. So, yeah. I wanted to get all the awards, man. My my highlight was the Timothy Chalamet character. Mm-hmm. My God, my God, that boy is a wonder. Yes. That boy makes that movie. You just want to see him even walk across the <coughs> road. There is something that's magical and just so nicely natural and rich about him as yeah. he goes across the like bed reading a book and, and like you're like watching the fuck out nice of you know it's <laughs> <laughs> enjoyable interesting yeah. <laughs> uh joe uh timothy uh okay a movie which will probably make it to your worst list mother <laughs> 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 there are no there are no mother makes my number yeah. two yeah uh this movie described as a Psychological horror film stars Jennifer Lawrence, Ed Harris, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. There's Dom Gleason and Brian Gleason. Shit, yeah. They're actually brothers. Yeah, in the yeah. The guys who kill the themselves. Guys who are actually brothers. Yeah. And their dad, you know their dad. Brendan Gleason. Yeah. I, I knew that. I knew Brendan and, <laughs> and, and Dom. I didn't know that. Those are his kids. Anyway, this movie follows like a struggling poet in his newly renovated home with his younger wife, and their life is disturbed by these guests that they get in their, I think they're, iso- they're I should say their special place, like they're isolated from the rest of the world, and they suddenly have guests. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I know I've seen the reaction online yeah. and all that. <laughs> I know that people who hate this movie. And that those who love, love it. it, I know yeah. that's the, that's pretty much the thing I realized about this. And yep. I think I would start from probably where people hate it because I think even just because I tried to do my research and I tried to listen to like Aronofsky's, I listened to him on Mark Maron's podcast. Okay. And then when I was hearing, probably I understand mm-hmm. this is a bit of like there's a pretentious, probably you could say it's pretentious mm. in the way he explains the movie. Mm. Because you know there are all these allegories. Puts a lot of effort in exactly explaining. in explaining. Yes. You get exactly that was my biggest problem mm. with him on, from my research, because there are all these allegories where he's talking about like the movie is about the rape and torment of Mother Earth. Yeah. Basically, Mother Earth is represented by Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You hear that? Then there's the whole thing of uh, the visitors. Basically, uh, Ed Harris represents Adam. Michelle Pfeiffer represents Eve. The kids who come and kill themselves in this guy's crib, uh, Cain and Abel, all that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. yeah, and again, there's a lot of this comes from like the book of Genesis, you get. So, yes. 
for me, and the way I watched the goals, I've watched this movie like twice now. Mm-hmm. So the twice oh, i liked it that much so i watched it twice i watched it twice i watched it twice and then the whole thing what i even mentioned earlier was like i see it as more of a creative artist struggle basically that's the way i see it mm-hmm. and that's how i appreciate it in that sense as a creator his muse and what happens after that when i usually when i see him putting in the things and saying that they're the main thing of the whole environmental aspect i feel there are elements you can pick from the real story. I don't know why he's trying poet. to go. He's the poet. Yeah, because I feel everything points to just the creative process. The so way this guy is focusing are po- on the stuff around it. Yeah, because I don't think Jesus has ever had writer's block of any sort. I mean, God has never had writer's block of if he's anything. Yeah, by now, that's, that's yeah. why I say this okay, is yeah, more of an yeah. artist story. Like, it's the creative struggle, basically. And I think showing that Jennifer Lawrence was just one of the women one of the many muses you had, that crystal you'd get from their hearts and put it there, basically represented the process you get. So it's basically a story, the cycle you get. But then when I see him mentioning all these things, I know that's what he means, but again, I see why Paul would be hesitant to actually believe all that stuff. The most, I think the most controversial part of the film is probably <laughs> the, the, the second, I think the last third of the film. The last third, yeah. The last third. No, it's, third. So it's one huge... Sequence happening, sequence. Yeah. and even and even he was just saying that that whole thing represents the exclamation mark in the title because it's mother with an exclamation mark. Fuck off. That's what he was saying. Like that, again, I see what I'm saying. He's, he's trying he to said. explain That's himself. What he said. What he he over explained the oh, movie. That was guys. the problem. Oh my god. That was the problem. But then the oh. thing is, I feel I feel that was because as, as I was saying before, it's basically about the creative process. How. You come from, you have basically, well, something is created, say it's a film, a book, whatever it is, music. You have the small cocoon, say it's a studio, you create your thing there. Mm-hmm. The way it goes outside the, outside to the world, it becomes something else. It's tonered by people, portrait, interpret it. You control. have followers, you have fans, you have all that thing, and it gets all distorted. Now I feel that second part pretty much represented that. Okay. That mm-hmm. whole ruckus. I feel it's a very abstract film, a film which in today's kind of filmmaking climate is never made like everything is pretty much packaged it has to be a particular genre probably a particular theme for you to get traction but, Tim, i feel like person. you either make a people pleaser or you don't he no. knew he wasn't making a people don't compare yes. it to people pleasers like which one it, as like, in normal genre films it's not that and he knew he wasn't doing that so don't like, expect no, the no. same reaction that's what i'm saying today every, most people make people please those it's two sides have always been fact. there and they will no, always be no, there there'll always no, be the art films there'll always no, be the genre films no but there the is the rose of this world there's the mothers of this world there's the the movies, the movies, the movies we call Those classics now. Always call movie, the movies we call classics now and probably grossed a lot of money back then. You can't call a classic are, are, now. Are, no, a very art house by today's standards. You get the extremely art house. Like the ones that are mainstream now and the movies which are exactly mainstream back then. You get there's been a completely different. There's been a Would Mother shift. have been mainstream then? Yes, it would have been. It shouldn't be this polarized, in my opinion. Really I think shouldn't. I think that it should, it and should. I think it's polarizing because it was done really, really sloppily. Mm-hmm. Is why it's polarizing. Because I've listened to you describe mm-hmm. why you like it, mm-hmm. and that's you really looking at it from a very particular perspective. A very particular and, perspective. And it was on my first viewing. Yeah, on your first viewing, yes. that's fine. Yes. But when I watched the movie, all I saw was this guy 
jacking himself off, <laughs> saying, oh, look at all my symbolism. Look at Javier Bardem, his God. Mm-hmm. And look at the mother. Oh, look, Adam did and Eve just walked through that. Like, did you pick all that up the first time you watched it? Immediately. It was so fucking blatant. He picked up God and all that stuff. All and that fucking shit. The, the minute really those two people like showed up, I saw it's like, oh, they can't go into this room because it's a fucking garden of Eden or whatever. That stuff was so boring. No, I don't know. No, now for me, I'm telling you, like that whole thing of the house, it was just their relationship. I don't know about Garden of Eden. Yeah. It was there, the two of them, the creator and his muse, Jennifer and Xavier. So and and they begin bringing the people. You didn't feel like Garden of Eden shit when you boarded up the room. Okay, obviously. Don't, like, God's don't, don't, touch don't, don't go in there and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe there. Okay, now there I see it. I see. I see where it went. Because I feel like that's a bit like the Cain and Abel thing. Something you can infer, but I don't think it's the main point of yeah. the movie. Now, Cain and Abel, where do they... Like, you get... Just show up and... <laughs> like, that's a thing. Some random shit. Could you please move on? Okay, yeah. We move to... We move... The number one. Number one. You have to list shit. your shit. Yes. So, since we're moving to number one, we're going to list our picks and then talk, ab- and then talk about our number one. So for number five, I had Wale. For number four, I had Beach Rats. For number three, I had a tie between Get Out and Raw. For number two, I had Sh- The Shape of Water. And for number one, I have The Florida Project. The Florida Project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I can, I think, close my book. The Florida Project is a movie by Sean Baker. He's an indie film director. And he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. So, he's the embodiment of the... <laughs> It's the embodiment of of the particular type of film that I've I've really liked throughout the year. It's really definitive of what I like with a lot of naturalism. I've already talked about how I dig that shit. And this movie is the best fly on the wall type of movie because you are just watching these little kids glide through their life and there's so many scenes like the ones that t- that Joel talked about where they have they carry no weight to the story mm-hmm. but they're just there and I love them and the lead character is amazing let me first talk about what the movie is about okay. so this movie is set in the on the it's like what's a what's a popular place in UG which is let's say Akasha Mall and then like behind Akasha Mall there was a place with super super po- like there was like a ghetto this is how the movie is set. There's Disney World. Y- yes. <laughs> there's Disney World. And right behind it, there's, a, a, a pe- there's people who are living in be- poverty to mm. American standards. <laughs> I'll be specific about that because nowhere near what people mm. here go through. Mm. But there's people who are really poor and living off like welfare and stuff like that. Mm. So there's this little girl. She's, she's called... Mooney. Oh, I even named something Mooney today. I really liked her. So (laughs) (laughs) there's Mooney, the little girl, and her mother, Haley. So Mooney is a little rascal by the definition of it. She is a very, very stubborn kid, and she has her friends in in, in, in the neighborhood. So this movie is just about the two of them, like her and the mother, and her mother trying to go through life with bad decisions she's an adult she's just makes really bad decisions and Mooney is just like a nice innocent child who's a little rascal so we're seeing this world through her eyes we're just seeing her through her eyes and then Willem Dafoe is there as a manager of uh, the place where they're living at they're living mm-hmm. at the magic castle the magic world the behind magic kingdom it's a 
big nice purple building where they stay and Willem Dafoe is the manager of that place so Good. <laughs> so we just glide through Brooklyn Princess but she's called Brooklyn Princess real life. We glide through experiencing her life as she meets new people. The movie starts. I love that way the movie starts. Joel. Do you know I rewatched it because I end uh-huh. and then I just want to see the beginning again. <laughs> then I end up watching the whole oh, thing again, again because I just wanted to see the beginning again. Mm-hmm. I really dig that film. That girl is amazing she is so good there's so many just small moments with her and the director is so specific about just getting a character say a street kid and just showing him live this is what the guy does and Mm. i just i never find it hectic to watch something like that this is why a movie like that is number one for me it's not hectic to watch it's so easy for me to watch and i don't hate any character in this movie I, the narrative actually builds up with time. The narrative builds up with time. The, the mother makes a super bad decision, mm-hmm. eh? and then it leads to certain decisions, certain decisions. What even makes me like this movie so much more, and this is a characteristic that Shape of Water has, it's just the magical element of it. Because this movie could have ended with the obvious ending. I felt like I knew the end that was going to happen. It reminded me of my favorite movie of last year, Sing Street, which does just about the same thing. <laughs> the exact same thing of having an over magical ending, yes. which could easily be interpreted as a dream. So it's last thing I need dream. to say about Florida Project is it's shot very well. Very, very well. You'll enjoy a lot of the, of the framing of the movie because like I said, it's set at the back of, of, of Disney. Of Disney World so there's many like uh, toy stores out there that are very the colors are amazing it's very very bright movie so there's like an orange thing and the kids walk by it the frame the shots are so wide mm. the sh- did you see yeah. that you yeah, actually had that thing extremely wide. you had that thing also you saw that thing in Tangerine by the way Oh, but it's elaborating the side, this. The side he shoots from the side yeah. here he shoots extremely wide where you uh, it's almost like how 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 columbus yeah. was trying to make sure you're yeah. framing an entire building yeah. this is what he was doing and he would just let the kids walk by it is very beautiful and the house is lavender purple do you know i don't know colors <laughs> is it lavender it's, pop. it's purple <laughs> it's purple and it's nice <laughs> is that like the theme good. even of the poster it has like a purplish yeah, overall, the, the colors are like a teal, purple. Yeah. It, it made for very great framing and short composition. How much did this movie cost to make? Yeah, it cost five mil. Yeah, because he makes really cheap movies. He makes movies. very, very cheap movies. Please proceed. Yes, I have very, very mixed feelings about this movie. Okay. Yeah. When it, <laughs> no, when it started, I was so prepared to like it because I really loved the opening shot with the kids. And I like that it was going to be about book kids. I was already very invested in that. I like <laughs> stories like that. But personally, what I learned actually about myself watching this movie is I really need a little bit of a through line somewhere. Because mm. I thought that since I thought like I like Linklater movies because they're just sort of blur. But now looking back on them, they actually have some sort of weak through line structure. Where, yeah, or the, where the characters are sort of walking or working towards mm. something. And then they just and they just sort of get distracted along the way. Then I get like super entertained by this stuff, but I know there's still like a backbone we're going to like come back to. So it's like you ca- so it's like we're going crazy, but I feel like there's a road we're going somewhere. Yes, we should do like a child 
maybe child performance because list or yeah. something because there are oh, some yeah, really great movie. movies yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. i've seen some which have like really great kid yeah. performances i agree um your number one that was your list, list. Your shit. Yeah. okay so my number five was detroit number four okja number <coughs> three logan number two call me by your name my number one is three billboards outside ebbing missouri <laughs> <laughs> She really struggled. She really struggled. No, no, no. no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the best film that I saw this year. Wow. Like easily, and like again, keeping in line with the theme of I read, I'm a big fan of traditional storytelling. Mm. This was some airtight shit in, t- in terms of Tight, that, yeah, it is. which I appreciated. I've got nothing like that really out of 2017. Mm-hmm. And this was the strongest to me in terms of story structure and writing. So I appreciated there. Frances McDormand, big fucking mm-hmm. fan of hers. Fargo, Burn After Reading. Yeah, I'm so happy to see her like, in a big, like serious role again. Another person is like Woody Harrelson, who is really great in everything, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the story, the story again was not something I was expecting based on the picture I saw online. I didn't read up anything on it before watching. Mm. The story is about a mother who is looking for justice for a daughter that she lost. Like the police haven't solved the case yet. So she says, like, shake shit up, like, take mm. them by the throat and force mm. them, like, solve this case. Mm. So she rents out these three billboards on this road no one takes anymore because, like, it's this big overpass everyone's mm. using now. And those, on those three billboards, she, like, calls out, like, the town sheriff and, like, mm. my daughter was murdered. Mm. Guys ain't doing shit. How come, sheriff, your name? She basically goes to war with the yeah. cops, cops and the town one as woman. well. Yes, one woman. <laughs> Francis McDonald's. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's fucking amazing. The way the story plays out, this is a story that could have easily been so basic because they could have just run with that simple baseline and just just delivered whatever. Yeah. But they go and develop like Woody Harrelson's character is the one that like goes up directly against her. Interesting stuff happens there that like makes the that muddies up the whole situation. There's no really good guys. Mm. or bad guys per se it's just people on both sides that like want things <laughs> for themselves and they're clashing with each other which i really appreciate stuff like that yeah. so yeah it takes some twists i didn't see coming it has a really good sense of humor which i didn't expect as well um yeah i can't recommend it enough <laughs> <laughs> i think you really like it i want you actually like yeah. I wish he doesn't. Why? So I can have a partner <laughs> on the other side. Tell me why you did not like it. So, the tone of the film. Like mm. you said, it was humorous for you. Yeah, it was. I did not laugh once. Really? And what, what, what killed me is I felt like they were trying to make me laugh. At the same time, trying to make me take the events that were going on seriously. It's exactly. like Detroit trying to that's, be that's super humor. funny. And I feel like People like the Cohen brothers. People like the Cohen brothers achieve that dark humor. This is a very Cohen brothers. This felt like a Cohen brothers fail one o one. This is exactly what I felt. A Cohen brothers painful fail. Fun fact: Francis McDormand is married to Joel Cohen, which I found out today. You did? I didn't know. But it. 
actually, there's no more to say than that. This felt like a Coen Brothers fail. That's all. I really like every character. No, yeah. but speaking of you, I mentioned, did, did the guy win best screenplay or some shit? They won. He won they collected picture. a bunch best of picture. golden globes. At golden globes. Yeah, okay, be, it has best drama only, not best pictures. So it's well. basically a front runner now for it's Oscars. It's full on front runner. They won. I fucking yeah. hate it. I'm but so I don't. I'm not like enjoy if you enjoy, but I really fucking hate it. Okay, so your number one. Okay, <clears throat> uh, my number five was Who Streets. My number four was Columbus. My number three was Okja. Number two, Mother. My number one is Get Out. Hasn't changed from <laughs> the last time. And I get out to. It's you who did you read? Yeah, it, you it did was my it, yeah. number. Yeah. Jordan Peele did a great job. Jordan Peele from Key and Peele did a great job. The movie stars Daniel Kaluuya. He's British. He's a British-born Ugandan. I shall tie on that guy until he allows. He's Ugandan. Don't even add the British. He's British. born in Uganda. No. We just, British, we just he's say he's British. He's British band. Okay. Yeah. Uh, produced. But it's like it's like people who have their parents who work in the UN here, mm-hmm. and Still they were born here. As. Are they Ugandan? No, they always identify as. So what does it he identify as? Because his parents were born here. Everything. He identifies as British Ugandan. I so let's say. call him that. I was He's born British. there. Identify as Uganda. <laughs> you know, supposed to be British born Uganda. <laughs> Sometimes you know, this guy, can I can push, but never. Passport. <laughs> passport is Ugandan. <laughs> and uh, so this movie basically follows Chris, who's an African American who goes with his girlfriend, who's a Caucasian, to their white liberal, to her white liberal parents' home for the weekend, mm. and then. Over that period of time, he sort of understands that their facades aren't really what they are. They have a deeper, darker motives. So, yeah, I'm seeing that the movie has been described as a satire of white liberals. The movie basically points out how these people who try to align themselves with, like, the black experience and what it means to live through the black experience in America, basically. Basically, Yeah, fetishize it. They don't really understand it. This film is something they can just appropriate and use as their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the best thing about this movie basically because we've already spoken about it we've done an episode and all that was just the way Jordan Peele is able to combine something that's social mm-hmm. and and <coughs> very competent genre filmmaking you have like the whole race relations and all that then mm. you have a horror movie in one and for that to be actually packaged together it actually goes on because it was made for 4.5 million mm-hmm. it goes on to make a quarter of a billion almost for something that's good and I hope because uh, me that's my actual hope I ho- wish more films were like this mm-hmm. they can be entertaining but again with like a deeper layer to them mm-hmm. a deeper layer talks about the times we are in and all that so okay. that's why uh, Get Out is my favorite film of 2017 of the ones I've seen so far I still haven't seen many but this is the one that I'm sure with even all that the others it stuck. will be my <laughs> Still mm-hmm. be in my top five, even if another movie song will be in my top five. It's really stuck with me again. We talked about it in episode 35. 35, <laughs> by the way. So, if you want, if you want a deeper, <laughs> more precise yeah. breakdown of the film, check out episode 35. Kongs to get out for standing strong, yeah. At your number one. <laughs> It was again due to lack of exposure. So I would, yeah, I would, yeah. Help if I probably seen Shape of Water, three billboards, I'd probably be on some yeah. other different shit. 
But I think it's a very solid movie. Pussy will. It's fucking amazing. Okay. 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 Now we go to our honorable mentions. We are limiting ourselves only to 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 honorable mentions. And my first one is Good Time. Good Time, directed by the Safdie brothers, starring Robert Pattinson, running through New York one in one day. He's, it's a hyper, hyper movie about him. First starting a robbery and then running through trying to escape it all. One of the Safdie brothers plays the... Ben Safdie. Ben Safdie yes. plays Robert So Pattinson I love this movie. It didn't make... It, I don't think it would have ever made my list, but it's a significant movie for me. I think you should watch it because I like it, like it so much because it challenges me into really liking things that I, I disagree with so much going on on screen because this character is such a bad, bad character. He's an anti... He's not that bad, bad, bad. He's just an anti-hero. Every, the things yeah. he's doing are not right. He's doing, he's he's really, doing bad things he's for the right bad. reason. Yes, <laughs> but they're not right. They're, they're not, not right. You guys, yes. they're not right. But bad things for reason no. benefit no, you. No, he's still no, an he's asshole. No. An yeah. asshole. He's selfish. Yeah. He's he cares asshole. cool about Ben Safdie, but damn. We are not going to get into it, guys. We are out yeah. of time. My num- my other one is is Lady Bird, because Greta Gerwig is my hero, but she wasn't my hero enough to go in my top five. But I love Lady Bird for one thing, and on almost one thing only: the mother daughter dynamic. I fucking loved it. Was rich. I want to stop there. I don't want us to waste time. Joe, what are your honorable mentions? Uh, the first is Star Wars because I feel obligated to just put Joel, it in there. It's not in your top five. It's not in my top five. That's an abomination. It's, so <laughs> it's not an abomination. It's legit good yeah, movies. Movie preferred. Wow. Which shows you I'm not as much of a fanboy as you thought I was. <laughs> That's abnormal. Mm. Yeah, and I was even felt obligated because there's films I would have put in Star Wars this place, but because I have that shout extra, out, shout out to I forced it. <laughs> I opened the back door and let it into the <laughs> VIP area. So, so yeah, Star Wars The Last Jedi is a good movie. It's super divisive, obviously. But yeah, it's one of my favorites, I think, in the franchise. I think Ryan Johnson is a really good filmmaker. Uh, my second one is War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, Bambi, it went down. Yes, that, that hurt me as well. I really wanted this to be in my top five. It's one of my favorites of the year. This one was also pretty interchangeable for me with Logan. They kind of deal with the same sort of story where you have an old god style character. It's also a western thing. They're going on a, on a ride. But yeah, it's like for revenge. Really, really cool political stuff going on there in the background. Mm. It's a really great uh, finale to the entire franchise. Matt Reeves is a fucking master. Andy Serkis is a grandmaster. Oh, he's a grand <laughs> Yeah, he is fucking amazing the things he does in a movie. Yeah, I recommend it highly. What I have only one honorable mention. Uh, Loving Vincent, narrated by mm-hmm. two people, and the writer Kobiela and Hugh Welchman. Like, I didn't love this movie as... Mm-hmm. as say something that is I'm going to I'm going to watch multiple times mm-hmm. but I was really in awe of like the technique in making it it's an animated film and it basically tells the life of Vincent Van Gogh the artist the painter mm-hmm. yeah so the whole technique in the film is like the film is made of 65,000 oil paintings mm-hmm. just rendered and altered for like Digital, digital project projection, and maybe they do a bit, a bit of I'm CGI sure to to do like maybe the weather and the transitions. No. But I feel it's like probably a movie that, for its technique alone, it's something that should be seen. Shit. Yeah. So, okay. loving Vincent, that's my honorable mention. 
I feel obliged to to put Blade Runner 2049 because we all mildly yeah, like it. Yeah. Did you watch Logan Lucky? Yes, I did watch did Logan Lucky. Did you like Lucky. it? You liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah, it was I, nice. Liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. It's, it's but, but hello, but hello, I would say. Another one I want to say fun. is Ingrid Goes West. We liked it. Yes, yeah. we liked I liked Ingrid Goes West. I feel I feel it's a very good like. I don't know. Again, as I'm saying, contem- like, so about movie. the times. I'm yes. talking about the times. It is very relevant very, 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 very for the times. I, I, I think we also all like the big sick ish ish. I loved the. You big weren't sick. into I it. Wasn't so into it. Was it. Me and Joel actually yeah, were into awesome. the big sick. Yeah. So those are the ones I want to say. Dunkirk. Just oh my dropping God. it. Oh, yeah, I forgot to drop Dunkirk. No, I had to drop it there. Fell out of your top five. Yeah, it fell out of my top five because I don't think the hype that came out. The rapper came out with a movie of it's his greatest film. I'm seeing him getting Oscar noms it, that he could have got for other movies. So mm. that yeah, 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 you get, yeah. but that's my only beef. I think with it, I think it's a good movie, but compared to the other Nolan stuff I've seen, yeah, it doesn't top those. But for this year's standards, probably it's top ten to make my top ten definitely. I also mm. want to throw in some Wonder Woman for the women out there, empowered, protagonists, <laughs> man. So you guys. Um, I'm going to suffer editing this shit, but yeah. good luck to me. And it's been a very fun episode to record. The yeah, longest true. we have recorded. The longest we have recorded. This the is longest we've taken to record an episode, I'm sure. Longest we've taken to record an episode, but it's been so much fun. This has been, been <laughs> the smoothest passing <laughs> of three hours. This is why true, this podcast true, true. still exists. Just in case you want to know what keeps a podcast alive. Passion, <laughs> 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 but yeah, this is our podcast. I'm Sharon. I'm Timothy. I'm Joel. We are Cinema Red Pill. Thank you for listening. Please keep listening to us. Uh, we have a lot of stuff in store for the year. Yeah. Ton of good stuff is coming. Please stay tuned, guys. Please listen to us. Share us to your friends. Um, subscribe to our channels on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook to keep to always. Um, Keep updated on what's coming next. Yes, thank you for listening. Happy <laughs> yeah. 2018. Oh, happy new year. That's yes, a better thing to say. Year, yes. Happy new so year. Sorry,